Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Available every week on BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Well, hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And coming up on this week's show, we'll be looking ahead to this weekend's Four Nations Tournament for the GB Under-18s women's side. We'll also be talking about that thrilling game in the National Division between Milton Keynes and Leeds. And we'll be catching up with the Edinburgh Capitals ahead of their doubleheader with the Whitley Warriors this weekend. All of that to come on this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. So, hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast, right here on BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Well, shortly we'll be hearing from Liam Stewart uh, from the MK Lightning after that phenomenal game last Saturday against the Leeds Knights. 7-6 it finished in the end after overtime. A cracking advert for the National Division, that's for sure. And Liam Stewart will be joining us shortly. Uh, And later in the show, we'll be going up to the Scottish National League as we'll be joined by Edinburgh ahead of their doubleheader in the Northern Challenge Cup against the Whitley Warriors this weekend. Uh, That's coming up later in the show. But before that, let's go to the here and now. And as this podcast goes to air, the Great Britain under-18s women's side will be getting their first game underway in Poland in the Four Nations tournament as they take on uh, firstly Spain, then on Saturday Iceland and then finally on Sunday Poland. And for a bit of a catch-up ahead of this tournament now, on Thursday evening I caught up with the head coach of the GB under-18 side. It's a welcome to the show to Angela Taylor. Uh, Well, Angela, a big thank you for joining us and uh, you join us in Poland right this very second. Uh, How's preparations going ahead of the Four Nations this weekend? Yeah, it's it's going really, really well. Um, So far, we were were lucky to have just a a quick camp um, in Slough, not yesterday, the day before. Um, So we had a quick camp. uh, Our four or five players who have been playing abroad, and that's the first time we've seen them since Turkey. So it was really great to get them all together we managed to pull together a, a motley crew of um, southern senior players to get a little scrimmage and 
luckily we, we were able to do that over lunchtime and some, some of the senior girls sort of took some time off work over lunch and then we got to see Torval and Dean as well and they took a picture with us and yeah, it was just a great preparation, you know, that really got the jet lag away from the, the girls who have been abroad and first time we've ever actually played as a team, we've just been scrimmaging against each other so, you know, we're all feeling really confident and just excited to be here, it's a, a really great town um, where we are and the hotel's right in the city so yeah, we're all just really excited, we just want to get going. Oh, great stuff and you, you mentioned there's a, a couple of players who, who've been playing abroad but just give us a general idea on the uh, the scale of the squad, you know, where, where these players have been, have been playing and, and just the makeup of the squad. Sure. So we just had our World Championships in, in Istanbul in July because the original tournament in December was, or January was cancelled due to COVID. So we've been kind of lucky and had three tournaments. Well, we will have three tournaments in the space of about seven or eight months. Um, so the, the makeup of the squad, as much as we were all together recently, we, we did lose eight seniors after Istanbul. So we lost, I think it was eight, 18-year-olds, and we've added eight 14- and 15-year-olds. So it's a, it's a really different group. Um, but I've been extremely impressed how these young kids have adapted. And yeah, the, the, the players that are playing abroad, I think we've got one girl who wasn't able to make it, but one of them was playing abroad last year. Um, but yeah, another four have gone out um, this year. So, you know, that just for me, certainly, I used to always be the abroad player. So what's been important for me is I've just made sure every time we've had a camp um, that I have a... a you know, Zoom call with them afterwards, let them know what's going on, what the gossip is, so they feel that they're part of the team and it's an easier adjustment for them to come back. So I think all the girls are really excited to see them again or, or meet them for the first time. And yeah, um, it's just, it's so great to see them. And it's so funny because I've seen the rest of them way too much recently. We've had three camps, about in a month and a half, we've had three camps. So it's crazy to see those other girls coming back. We've not seen them since Turkey. So like some of them have grown about two or three inches. They look so different. And you know, it's just, it's not even been that long, but it feels like forever because I've seen the rest of them loads. So, yeah, we're all just dead excited to have them back and they're feeling comfortable. They don't feel like they've missed too much and it's just a continuation of Turkey for those guys. I was going to ask you about, about the Turkey tournament because obviously it was um, rearranged for January in, in the summer. Uh, and I was going to ask you about, you know, what, what a brilliant performance it was uh, from, from the squad. I mean, getting silver ain't, ain't bad at all. But like you've said, you've, you've lost uh, a good number of players from, from that squad due to age. Uh, but have you still got that experience? And how useful was that experience from, from the summer in, in Istanbul? Yeah, it was tricky. You know, it's funny because as much as we did lose eight senior players, because of COVID and all the lockdowns, there was only two girls on the Turkey team who had ever played in a tournament before. So they were all basically rookies as well. You know, so despite six of them playing, they had never played in a tournament before. So essentially the entire team was rookies last year. So in my mind, age-wise, yeah, we've lost a bunch of people and some really, really key players. Um, and it was really sad to miss them as well because we only knew each other for like a month and a half and then it was over for them, you know? So, but what I would say is like, I think we're in a better position systems-wise as a team gelling because we've had so much time together in the last few months. But, you know, the ones who are still here, the core of the team, so that's what, 10 players, 10, 11 players, you know, they're developing, they're getting better and, and what's so fantastic and what makes me so excited about hockey is the girls still in the spots are really like not far off. Like they are all, several of them are ready to go and some of them, you know, they were really developed. So we've got such a solid team and there was a lot of girls that were extremely close to making it as well. So it's a, in my mind, it's a luxury. Yeah, it's hard to make the decisions, but you need, if you want to be a competitive program, you need to have that sort of depth. So it's really exciting for me that it's not been hard. It's been hard in the sense that there's too many good kids and who do you choose? 
we're all feeling confident in the, the loss. We've definitely, Spain, for example, they only lose three players. We lose eight, you know, so it is what it is. We're, we're not really concerned. We've covered that as a team and we know where we are. We mentioned the tournament in July. Obviously, there's a, there's another tournament uh, heading our way in the new year as well in, in, in Dumfries. Uh, so how useful is this, this Four Nations tournament uh, as preparation? Because the first game um, this weekend is against Spain, which is, is quite handy, I'm going to suggest, for learning where you are. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's something I've never done. So obviously I've played for GB since 2002, or I did play for GB since 2002 as a senior. And, you know, we never, ever had a pre-tournament. You know, so for me, I just find it so fantastic that we, it's such a luxury, you know, and, and especially this one. I mean, we're getting to play against Spain and Poland who are in the division above us, so what better test is that? And, you know, in, in my mind, I think we were, we were, I was gutted because I'm so competitive, you know, I've won the gold medal in, in Turkey, but to be honest with you, as much as we were ranked number one, like, if you look at the, the losses, you know, name for name, like, we weren't the strongest team there. In fact, on paper, we probably should have came third. So uh, if we were lucky, so the fact that the Netherlands didn't even win a medal, in my opinion, they were the best team there. They, you know, they only lost to Spain. They lost to them 4-0 and the first goal went in three minutes before the end of the game. So you go from almost being the best team in the tournament to not even winning a medal. So for me, I'm so, so proud of the girls that we, we got a silver there. But Four Nations a year before was basically a whole year before it, whereas right now it's like November, we don't have nothing in December and then boom, we're right into our tournament in January. So it's, you can ask for better prep and if we are able to get a win against Spain or Poland, I'll be extremely happy because if we can beat a team in a group above us, that puts us in a really good position to get gold in this one. And of course, I'm going to win all our games this weekend. But we'll see. It's a great measuring stick. Fantastic. Yeah, that's the that's the key, isn't it? I mean, it's it's not necessarily about results. It's uh, it's about learning. It's about performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is also about you know setting up that springboard for the, mm-hmm. the world championships, basically. The, the, the you know division exactly. two uh, in, in January in Dumfries. It's a hard one to measure, and how do you communicate that to the girls? Because you're right, the results don't really matter. Like, there's no trophy, right? But then at the same time, if we come out of this with three wins, my goodness, that would be the best booster. You'd need to go into that tournament and Dumfries on cloud nine you know so yeah I'm trying not to get too intense but I, that's the one thing I can't help myself you know <laughs> I, I'm just trying to like not make it too intense that we must win every game here but it would be really great if we could it would be fantastic I think the boost it would give us and I'm just looking ahead to Dumfries. Obviously, one game at a time. Well, I was going to say one game, but one tournament at a time. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, that tournament coming up in, in Dumfries um, finishes silver the last time round, and that was only, you know, a few months back, like we've said. Um, I mean, how, how optimistic are you about, about our chances in that tournament in a few months' time? Very, very optimistic, but at the same time, I have so much respect for the other nations because not typically they have, like, you know, similar budgets to ours, you know, and the tournament will be really different from last year because last year they had two groups in one group, um, so that's why we were there for, like, two weeks. Um, and, you know, you end up having really easy games and then suddenly you're in really hard games. So this year it will be a much tougher because it will be just a small group again. Like, I think it's six. It will be tough. Um, you know, Latvia didn't even medal and they had the top scorer of the tournament. As I said before, Netherlands and Martin probably should have got gold in that tournament and didn't even medal. So those are two really tough competitors. Then you've got Australia who beat Netherlands and to win the bronze. They're a great team also. They've got fantastic vibes and, and team spirit. Um, and then, you know, on top of those three, you've got 
team's coming down, I think it's is it China. Um, I've on purpose not looked at the schedule. I know it got released the other day, but um, I was trying to take it one tournament at a time, as you say. But, you know, I'm trying not to focus on that. But there will be a team who's coming down from the top, and I think it is China. Um, so they will, we won't have seen them. Uh, I, you can't get their games from their last tournament. You know, they didn't stream them. So there will be an unknown good team coming down as well. But, you know, we are in a great position just now, and we'll take every game as it comes. And we will hope to capitalise on our team spirit as well, which is rivals the Aussies, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and just going back to, you know, what we said at the start of this, this is... It's such brilliant experience, isn't it, for, for all the players? And like you say, you've, you've called up players who are 14 years old. Here they are in, in Poland for this Four Nations tournament. Brilliant stuff. And, and just your, your closing thoughts about everything that's been going on for the, the last six months or so. I mean, this this is a great springboard for these players, isn't it, Angela? Yeah. I mean, when I think to, like you say, what's been going on in the last six months, like when I compare it to kind of my GB career, like I never, I probably was never on the ice as much in the entire sort of like 20 years that I did it, you know, um, and these guys have just, we've really, really capitalised, you know, together with like Andy French, Clifton, like really right from the top, like we really worked on how can we make the most of our budget, how can we condense our season into this amount of time and just like not have any other camps outside of it. So we have We've been quite strategic about it and just make sure that we are empowering these guys with it. You know, not, we've not asked for a single extra budget or anything. It's like, what have we got? And like, how can we make the most of it? So I think the fact that it's coming from the top, you know, from, from Clifton and Andy down to me, down to my staff and then down to the players, like not a single player has pulled out of a camp ever. Like we've had full attendance. People are chomping at the bit to come. So it's just, for me, it's been... You know, I have high expectations and I might not always seem like I'm amazed by stuff because I, I do push the, the girls hard. But, you know, for me, when I really take step back and reflect on things, I'm like, my goodness, this has been a really, really special time. And we've achieved so much when I look back at maybe the first scrimmage we ever played against each other back in June. Compared to where we are now, it's insane. You know, the things that these girls are picking up, how hard they're working, how switched on they are, how focused and determined they are. It's just, it's like... Yeah, I get a bit emotional sometimes because it's like, you know, you get so proud. I never thought I'd be like that as a coach, but I'm like such a big softy that it's like not so much anything that I've done, but it's just it's so great to watch the girls develop and like the passion that they bring just every day, you know, no matter what's going on, like they're there and they, they want to be there and they're thrilled to be with each other and be, keep pushing each other every practice. No, Angela, it's, it's cracky stuff. It, it really has come across in this interview, just the, you know, what, what, what an opportunity this is for all the players. And uh, uh, obviously we'll catch up ahead of, of those World Championships uh, in, in the new year. Uh, but in the meantime, Angela Taylor, head coach of GB Under-18s, a big good luck this weekend in Poland and uh, all the best to the squad and a big thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Ben. Really, really appreciate your focus on the women's hockey. Really cool. Great Britain under-18s women's head coach there, Angela Taylor, speaking to me on Thursday. And uh, just to let you know, uh, you will be able to watch the Four Nations all weekend in Poland as Great Britain takes on Spain, Iceland and Poland this weekend. Head over to Twitter and at GB Women's Hockey for all the links as uh, the whole tournament will be shown live on a webcast this weekend. Uh, so, so cracky stuff and a big good luck to Great Britain under-18s this weekend in Poznan. Now, let's go to the NIHL now and to the National Division. And what a game last Saturday in the Planet Ice Arena, Milton Keynes. 6-6, the score heading into overtime between the Milton Keynes Lightning and, at that point, the unbeaten Leeds Knights. And what an end to the game 
with player head coach Tim Wallace for Milton Keynes scoring the winner with about 30 seconds left. What a great overtime here. Wallace replaces Griffin. 50 seconds to go. Ah. Now, Lightning have got to be on their game. They can't afford to. Go, go, this go, go. They can go. Wallace. Three on two here. Gets the shot. What a goal! Tim Wallace wins it with 35 what seconds to go! Oh, oh yes! What a goal! And on the day, on the day that Tim Wallace's parents are here to watch him, he wins the game Woo! for Milky's Lightning. 35 seconds to go! What a play! Oh, Lightning winning overtime! Chris Dickens and Bobby Chamberlain there commentating for Lightning TV. Big thank you uh, to MK Lightning and Lightning TV there for that piece of audio. Um, blimey, what, what a commentary and what a game. Superb stuff. And uh, to find out the mood at the MK Lightning following that victory over the Leeds Knights on Saturday as well as the victory over the Bees on Sunday, let's hear from Liam Stewart now from the Lightning who I caught up with on Thursday. Well, Liam, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, there is only one place we can start this interview and that's the, the Leeds game. Uh, on Saturday, wow! Uh, what, what a game to be a part of. Uh, how was it? Um, yeah, I mean, when you have a team like that coming into your arena, you obviously want to. I mean, there's. I mean, I don't really think there's any way to prepare for it. But obviously, we knew they were undefeated. Uh, we knew how skilled they are. We know their win streak. And yeah, I mean, we went six-two down. We kind of had a chat in the room, and I think we scored five unanswered goals. And then Timmy Wallace got it done in overtime. But, yeah, it felt good to uh, kind of know that uh, Goliath is beatable, I guess you could say. And, um, yeah, it felt good to win. And um, we just got to go to their barn now and try and beat them there. I mean, that streak you, you, t- you touched upon, I mean, we had, we had um, Sam Zajac on last week and they were under, under no illusions how tough it is to continue a run like that, an, un- an unbeaten run. Um, but when you go... To that scoreline, and and you you know you're under the cosh, and and it is looking like Leeds are just going to walk away with it. I mean, the the sense of belief in the in the dressing room must have been uh, immense to to get it all square again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's we have we have quite a few good leaders in the room as well. You know, Timmy's quite experienced too, and I think we. I mean, we got down for a little bit. Obviously, any team going down six two, you're kind of going to be like, well, I mean, this one's over, isn't it? I think we had that for maybe about five minutes, a little dull moment. But, you know, we got back on the horse and um, it was an exciting game. I mean, I had a buddy that came to it and he said it was probably the most exciting game he's watched in a while. So it was one the fans wanted to be a part of for sure. It was everything he needed. So, you know, it was just, uh, it was a fun game to play in as well. So it was, it was a good time. Yeah, I bet. And I've, I've heard the, the commentary back for, for the for the winning goal. And uh, that's <laughs> that's another level yeah. as well. I mean, when, when it comes to an atmosphere like that, that does, you know, spur you on to the next game. But you could be forgiven to, you know, it's after the Lord Mayor's Parade and all that, isn't it? That, the, all, all the cliches. Uh, but you, you had to have a professional performance against the Bees the following evening. Um, so it was a four-point weekend. So, so what's the mood in camp like uh, as bad towards this weekend? Uh, it's, it's, it's all good. We um, obviously went to Bees on Sunday, had a few lapses here and there, but Bees are a good team to play against. They're, they play good in their own rink, but yeah, you know, Tuesday we had practice. We have training tonight as well. And it's, it's all smiles, quite a few good laughs. And I think 
Tuesday was probably our best training yet. So I think we have Telford on Saturday, and they're always a good side. They're well coached by um, Tommy there, and it'll be a good game. And then hopefully we can bring that into London on Sunday as well. And how important was was this past weekend as well, you know, picking up maximum points uh, like you did? Um because I think the weekend earlier you had Peterborough and you won one, lost one. And, you know, it, it feels like it was really important this past weekend just to close that gap to, to, to Leeds and, and Peterborough again. And it's kind of all to play for because, you know, one good weekend and, you, and, and you're back all square again with Leeds, potentially. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Peterborough's, they're a good team, especially in their own arena. It's, it's a hard arena to go play in. Um, but yeah, we split games with them. We closed the gap, which is good. Um, obviously, we went on that streak in the beginning of the year to, you know, I think we went 9-0, and which always helps start the season, gives us a little bit of confidence. But yeah, I think it's going to be a close title race this year for sure. I think there's three teams that are within, maybe four teams within like a point or two now. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be a close race for the league and, uh, you know, it should be good. And uh, touching upon that start to the season, because it, it was a, a brilliant start. I mean, we did catch up with Tim um, a few weeks back about the start to the season. And uh, how much does, sorry to bring up bad bad memories and stuff like that, but how much does last season spur you on as as a squad, especially you know players like yourself who were there? Um, how much does it spur you on to, to go one better this year and pick up some silverware? Yeah, for sure. I mean, last year, I don't even think we didn't even compete for any other cup except for playoff. But yeah, obviously losing that game in Coventry against Sheffield was pretty tough um, to a few of the boys that were here. But obviously we keep that in the locker room and uh, we let the new guys know like we want to we obviously want to win silverware this year and nothing less. But um, it's going to be a long journey to get there. I think we got 40 odd games left now. And then with a few cups in between um, and hopefully MK can pick up some silverware somewhere along the line. And then if not, we go to playoffs and hopefully win there. And how much are you enjoying this season? Because you, you're scoring plenty of goals. To say the least. <laughs> um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's just a, it's a good vibe around the dressing room. It's um, I'm just trying to have as much fun as I can. That's the time when I play the best. Um, when I'm not, you know, enjoying it is when I don't play well. So I'm just trying to keep a smile on my face, keep it light, keep the trainings light, and um, try not to think about anything too much. I think when I overcomplicate things is when I start messing up um but yeah timmy's been a big help and my line mates obviously as well so hopefully i can keep it going and but i think the main thing is we just we keep stringing along points and wins here and there yeah absolutely and how, how useful is it to have a a player coach of, of tim's experience you know leading from the front very much so uh, on saturday i mean how, how 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 good is that yeah it's huge i mean especially for especially for our younger younger players it's a good example of how he teaches guys how to play. He gives us systems. And I mean, that's not really a big thing that like under 15s, under 10s get taught around the UK. But yeah, he's teaching them systems. He's teaching the right way to play, you know, little tips here and there. But yeah, it's huge. It's huge for, I mean, all of us, but mainly guys first seasons or younger inexperienced guys. Um, But yeah, it's huge for him. And uh, the assistant coach Joe's doing well as well. So, we got a good good team here in MK, so hopefully we can keep it going. Yeah, touching upon those those youngsters in the squad, I mean, uh, I think I did see some news uh, about some GB under twenty call ups. Um, uh, Zay McKenzie, I think, is is one of those players who was called up. Um, I mean, there is a, a good 
a good selection there of younger players coming through at MK Lightning. That, that must be very exciting. Yeah, we got, well, I mean, I'd say they're young. Like we got Sammy and Sammy Talbot, Sean Norris, who are obviously unbelievable players. And then you can go even younger. You got Zane McKenzie. Uh, you got Matt McKenzie Stewart. You got Jack Hopkins now. But yeah, they're all, I think a few of them got a GB call. I think all three of them got a GB call up. But it's good to see them doing well. Max doing well. Jack's doing well. Zane's doing well. Um, and I think another underrated player in the league is Malik Martelli. He's a good, skilled defenseman. Um, and he has a guy like Timmy teaching him things along the way. So it's good to see kids like that doing well. So, you know, hopefully they can keep going. Yeah, and that's just to bring it back full circle to Saturday's game. You know, when you when you have part of matches like that, that's that just spurs you on even more, doesn't it? Really, because uh, you, you want more and more of those occasions, and that takes us to yeah. this weekend and uh, the the home game on Saturday against Telford, um, the away game uh, in London against the Raiders. Um, this this game on Saturday sells itself after what we saw uh, last Saturday, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's going to no be a kidding. tough game against Telford this one. Yeah, tell, like I said, Telford's a well coached team, um, and they always have they have those older players as well that can. Lead lead the way uh yeah they they got a good squad up there um and hopefully we can just it's all about weather in the first five minutes because we know they're going to come out strong and you know just kind of wear them down in their zone you know get our four check going and then hopefully we can come out with the win which is the biggest part yeah yeah and this is what we're talking about here. i mean you've played the top two uh, in the in the past fortnight, it's it's about consistency now, isn't it? And and maybe getting getting back to that form we saw at the start of the season, and just getting getting the wins on the board, ticking them off one at a time. But it's easier said than done in this division. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, I'd say this it's a pretty underrated league. It's like it's you're playing two games a weekend. Guys are picking up injuries along the way. It's a it's a high skilled league in my opinion. You know, but um, the most we can do is just kind of deal with our injuries during the week and then go out and play and hopefully string a few wins together to try and stay in that top two, hopefully top one uh, spot during the year. And obviously it's going to be tough with leads, but I think we got to learn how to go to the Ellen Road and beat them. But um, it should be an interesting year for sure. Absolutely. And, and Liam, just a, a closing thought. Uh, obviously, we're a couple of months into the season now. And like we say, you're, you, um, you're having a great time scoring plenty of goals and, and taking part in matches like we saw at the weekend. Superb stuff. Uh, but how much are you looking forward to the remainder of the season? And, and you know, you and your teammates competing up at the top end of the, of the national division. How much are you looking forward to that challenge? Uh, yeah, it's. I think that's the most fun time of the year. It's after Christmas when you know you can't like sign anyone else and you know that's your team for the rest of the year guys are picking up injuries guys are playing hurt so you become more of a team then but yeah it's it should be fun it it'll be exciting it'll be down to the wire I think with the cup games as well and even with the league so fans have a lot to be excited about um, which is always good because I mean that's the main thing that's the main thing they keep us the teams going so hopefully we can give them something to shout about and uh, as long as everyone's having fun I think that's the main thing for sure yeah and I think I think they are that, that's that yeah. pretty obvious yeah yeah definitely uh, if but, we keep it up like Saturday yeah absolutely well uh, Liam Stewart from the Milton Keynes Lightning a big big thank you for taking the time out your busy day to join us on this week's show uh, have a good weekend and uh, catch up very soon awesome thank you thanks for having me
Liam Stewart there from the Milton Keynes Lightning speaking to me on Thursday. And uh, a big thank you to Liam for joining us on this week's show. Let's go north of the border now to the Scottish National League. And last Sunday saw the Edinburgh Capitals returning to Murrayfield as they took on the Aberdeen Lynx. It did finish 6-4 to Aberdeen and they stay out in front up at the top of the division, tied on 16 points with the Dundee Tigers. But for Edinburgh, great scenes off the ice last Sunday, setting things up nicely for this weekend's doubleheader in the Northern Challenge Cup as Edinburgh take on the Whitley Warriors. And to judge the mood now at Edinburgh, on Thursday evening, I caught up with their coach of the Edinburgh Capitals. It's a welcome to the show to Stephen Lynch. Uh, well, Stephen, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, first is first, uh, a big congratulations on getting back to, to Murrayfield. Uh, how, how was Sunday night? Minus the result, but I think, I think crowd-wise and atmosphere-wise, a lot to take from from that game on Sunday. Yeah, it was it was a, a great night, and it was uh, it was a, a kind of a celebration to Murrayfield Ice Arena being open again, and the Edinburgh Capitals being back in the arena. Um, I don't know what the official attendance was, but I'm hearing I'm hearing it was something around 900, which is uh, a great crowd for for hockey in Murrayfield. Um, unfortunately, the result didn't go our way, but um, lots to build on, and if we can continue to to keep crowds of that sort of size throughout the season. Um, I think it will stand us in really good stead going forward. And and obviously you were taking on the league leaders, uh, but you, you ran them close, didn't you? I mean, it was only six four at the end. Um, yeah, we we just got off to a really bad start. We were we were five nothing down halfway through the game, and you know, no matter what league you're in or what level of hockey you're playing, it's always a, a pretty difficult task to come back from five nothing down. But the guys had a great rally at the tail end of the second period. We scored three. And uh, I think the worst thing that probably could have happened to us was the buzzer went for the end of the second period. Uh, I think if uh, if the period was another two or three minutes longer, I think we possibly could have got one one more goal, which would have set up a, a pretty nervy third for, for Aberdeen. But like I say, the buzzer went at a bad time for us and probably a good time for them. Like we said, that's that's the result and, and the performance on the ice. But um, you, you're slightly behind everyone else with, with games played. Uh, so we'll get to the league table and, and your expectations for this year on the ice in a second. But like we said, the, the actual night itself, that was that was the whole point. And, you know, getting Edinburgh back underway again. How much work has gone on behind the scenes to get the club to this point where you are now? There's there's been a lot, you know, starting with the announcement back in the summer that the rink was going to be open again and the Caps were going to be back. So uh, from a hockey point of view, I had to put a team together from scratch, which is no easy task. Um, and then behind the scenes, there's been so much work gone on to the rink to get it ready for opening. You know, it's, it's had a lot of work done to the pipes underneath the ice pad. It's had a lot of work done to the ice pad itself. The cafe's been completely renovated, as has the bar. There's a new sound system. You know, there, there's there's been a, there's been a, a heck of a lot of work going on on and off the ice since about kind of July to get ready for that game on Sunday night. Yeah, and and given you know the challenges, you've played seven league matches, but you've picked up three wins already. So you must be blown away by by the fact that you, you know the progress that's being made on on that score. Yeah, it's been a little frustrating the start that we've had. I mean, obviously we had to go the first couple of months without our own rink and only play away games, and um, we're having to sort of beg and borrow uh, ice time at other rinks around Scotland just for practice. So, for the first sort of couple of months, we were only practicing once a week on the road. We practiced in Fife for the first month, um, and then the second month we practiced out of Brayhead. And only playing away games isn't ideal either, but the guys have stuck with it. You know, they've they've bought they bought into what we were trying to do. Um, we, we said to them once we get into Murrayfield 
we 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 plan on treating an amateur hockey team as professionally as you possibly can. Um, they all like the sound of that. We're, we're, we're trying to do that. We're trying to get everything right on the ice and we're trying to get everything right off the ice for these guys as well so we um, we can sort of kick on and, and, and start to have a successful season. And that's the phrase, isn't it, kicking on? Because uh, now, you know, you've, you've, you've got that crowd behind you and, and, and the goodwill vibes and, and all that as well, which are clearly evident. Um the only way is up at this point, isn't it? Really, I think. Yeah, there, yeah. There's been a lot of goodwill vibes. I mean, I think, uh, I think everybody in everybody in in Scotland and everybody in Scottish ice hockey has uh, has really missed the Murrayfield Ice Arena and really missed the uh, the Edinburgh Capitals as well. Um, there was there was a lot of positivity right throughout the whole of Scotland that the um, that the place was opening up again when the announcement was made, and it's uh, it, it's great for everybody. With regards to the team, yeah, we're not, we're maybe not where we want to be right now from a, from a fitness point of view or from a, a continuity point of view, but, but we're getting there, you know, and um, it will, it will come, um, with no excuses anymore. We're, we're back in our own rink. We're training two or three times a week. We, we can't use the training once a week and only playing away games as excuses anymore. We have to now, like we say, we've got to kick on. We've got to start winning some of these games in hand that we've got and we've got to start climbing the table if we want to be in the mix come the end of the season. And I think if, if, if the guys keep working as hard as they are, I, th- I think we'll get there. Um, I, I, I believe in this team that we've put together. I, I, I'm still looking to bring in a couple of extra bodies if we can, um, but I believe in the group we've got that we can challenge for the, for the SNL title at the end of the year. And I was just going to say about uh, for, for you personally as well, because you, you obviously played for the club uh, for for a few seasons. I mean, what what's what's it like for you being being head coach of of the club during this momentous uh, period? I, I joked with the the new management team when they asked me if I want if I if I'd be interested. Uh, I, I said I'd be wait I'd be waiting fifteen years for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been waiting for fifteen years for them to ask to ask me. No, I I I had eight great years at Edinburgh as a player. It was my um, it was my favourite place to play of, of all the of all the teams I played for throughout my career. Um, I always hoped I would get this call one day, uh, asking if asking if I'd be interested in coaching. I'm glad that that that, that it came, um, and like I say, I, I'm in, I'm enjoying it every day now, working with this group of players that we've got back in our rink that, you know, mean means so much to a lot of people. Um, we just got we just got to start winning winning our games now and start climbing that table. And uh, just touching upon the future, obviously we're we're only at year dot now, aren't we? With with regards to to where we are, but um, now with with a rink and and that side of things, I mean, how how optimistic are you for for the future of the club now? With with you know this this bedrocking place that that the club's got now. I think the future is quite bright for this club. Um, you've we've now got a management structure within the rink where. It's, it's, it's a community rink now and the, the management of the rink have a big say in the, the junior hockey, the figure skating clubs, the public skating and, this, and the senior hockey team, which few rinks have these days. Um, you know, we, we've got that in our favour and I think if that's run properly and managed properly, I think that can be a great asset to us going forward. You know, for the, for the future, we want to build a strong SNL team. Um, if the owners have any ambition to go higher than SNL, that's... That's that. That's out of my control. That's that's not for me to comment on. But you know, we want to build a solid SNL team. We want to build a solid junior structure as well. So there's a a, a pathway for ten year olds that are playing for the Murrayfield Junior Ice Hockey Club to come through and play for the Capitals one day. Um, and just like I say, the the rink want to build 
skating sessions. They want to build the figure skating clubs. They learn the skates. They learn the plays that 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 they're going to be organising and and just rolling out in in the coming days and weeks. We they want to make sure everything's going to, everything's going to be a, a huge success. Oh, great stuff! I I, I saw the the um, the tweets because there's, there's plenty of partnership going on, isn't there, with the the Murrayfield Junior Club and and that's exciting, isn't it? Just the fact that it's all organised uh, now and and that kind of thing for the future. Absolutely. I mean, the the, the Murrayfield Junior Ice Hockey Club and the Murrayfield Figure Skating Club and you know, they've been starved of their, their their rink for two and a half years, so it's going to take a little bit of time to build. You know, it's not going to. Work. Numbers aren't going to double or treble overnight. A lot of kids have walked away from their their chosen ice sport with the fact that Murrayfield was closed for such a long time. But uh, slowly but surely, we're starting to see a lot of positive signs. So that's that's obviously where we are now, and um, the Murrayfield Ice Rink is is now open to crowds. That takes us to Saturday, uh, where it'll be hosting another match, this time in the Northern Challenge Cup uh, against the Whitley Warriors. And uh, that's a great name, isn't it, coming to town on, on Saturday for the second match? Definitely, definitely. I think Whitley Bay were originally meant to play the first game in a rink two or three weeks ago, but there was a delay in the play, in the building opening. And there was, they, they just they just couldn't get everything open for the original date that was set, which was a shame. But um, yeah, Whitley Bay is a great team. I have here to play um, a, a, a home and away cup competition against... Uh, we want to test ourselves against the best teams that we can play against. Now, obviously, we can't do that against elite teams because we're night and day away from them. But certainly teams like um, Whitley Bay, Solway, Blackburn, Billingham, we'd love to be able to organise some sort of friendly or cup competitions or things like that with them where we can test ourselves and find out find out what our strengths are, find out what our weaknesses are and give guy, give our guys the opportunity to play at a higher level. And it's a 6.30 uh, face-off uh, this game this weekend. Expecting uh, another big crowd on Saturday? I think so, yeah. I think that there's going to be a little bit of trial and error with Saturday crowds. I think over the, the last 20 or 30 years, ice hockey at Murrayfield's predominantly been a Sunday night game and that's where they've generated their bigger crowds. But they're kind of, the new management team are kind of looking at changing that a little bit and having a lot more things happening on a Saturday night rather than a Sunday. Um, so... We're not really sure how, what the crowd's going to be, but the fact that the Whitley Warriors are coming and the fact that we had maybe just under a 1,000 people in here last weekend, I think people would have liked what they saw last weekend, even though the result didn't go our way. And we're hoping that a lot of these people come back. Um, and the rink are doing little things to try and encourage people to come along as well. The new bar is going to be serving food and it's going to be open from something like half past four on, uh, on, on Saturday, you know, to try and encourage people to come along and make a night of it rather than just... You know, turn up ten minutes before face off and leave ten minutes after. They're trying, like I say, they're really trying to turn this into a community, community building and a community club. And and you you said something interesting earlier about the fact it's a it's an amateur squad, but you want to make it feel as as professional as possible. And and here you are in in great facilities uh, at Murrayfield, and then on Sunday the squad get to go to the Whitley Bay Ice Rink, which is, you know, another uh, bastion of, of ice hockey venues in this in this country, isn't it? So it's experiences like that. And, you know, like we, like we touched upon with the, the Murrayfield Junior Club, the opportunities available and, and games like this, I mean, it's cracky stuff, isn't it, That this whole double-headed this weekend? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's, it's going to be a big test for us because obviously, like you say, Whitley Bay, have, they play at a higher level and the squad's been together for a lot more, a lot longer than the ours has. But um, we're, we're relishing the challenge. We know it's going to be difficult, but we're looking to give a good account of ourselves on our home ice on Saturday. And then we're going to go down into Whitley Bay on Sunday and we're going to look to try and do the same again. And if we can do that, 
it might make people sit up and kind of realise that that we're serious about what we're trying to do here and what we're trying to achieve. And um, if that encourages maybe some other Scottish clubs to try their luck against some of these English teams as well, whether it be in cup competitions or friendlies or others, um, it can only be a good thing. Absolutely. And uh, last question, Stephen. Obviously, it comes across loud and clear in this interview, but uh, excited for the future and excited about uh, what's possible at Edinburgh now? Absolutely. Like I say, if 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 we if if we as a club and and as a management team, if we do everything right and do this properly, this could be something pretty big and pretty special. Two or three years down the line. Great stuff. Well, Stephen Lynch, head coach at Edinburgh, a big big thank you for taking the time out your evening to join us this week, and uh, best of luck against Whitley Warriors this weekend. Thank you very much for having me. Stephen Lynch, their head coach of the Edinburgh Capitals, joining us here on this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And that's it for this week's show. A big thank you to all my guests this week for joining me. Remember, for all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey, you can visit the website www.britishicehockey.co.uk. But I've been Ben, and you'll make sure you all have a lovely and safe weekend. Bye-bye. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.